Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. If this podcast helps you spiritually, will you consider helping us naturally? You can give online or become a monthly partner as we aim to help more ministries and release more content. You can give online today at thelife.cc. Enjoy today's message. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing this morning? Woo! Yes, yes. Well, if I haven't had the opportunity to meet you, my name is Robert Berry. I am the campus pastor of our fourth location, which is Poindexter. And speaking of campuses, can we give it up for those that are watching us online this morning? And also, can we give it up for our Poindexter campus? Hello! Woohoo! So it's so good to be in the house this morning, and today we're literally celebrating three months since we have been open as a Poindexter campus. Yes, God is good, God is faithful, and can we give up one more round of applause for our very own Pastor Joel and Mrs. Peppy? Yes, whoop, whoop, whoop. So glad to call them our pastors, so glad to be under their leadership. And Pastor Joel, he will be here next Sunday, and he's looking forward to seeing you all in the place right here at our Lakeland campus. So I have a question for you. What is your biggest fear? What is your biggest fear? I know you say, man, I'm a Christian. I don't have no fear. I'm full of faith. I'm full of faith. No doubt, no unbelief. You know, looking in my vision book this week, I was reminded of that question because it was June 22nd, 2018. Uh, My wife and I, we were leading a married life group. Now, at that time in 2018, we only had one physical campus, which was Lakeland Campus at that time. And so the married couples, we decided to take a vacation, just a little weekend retreat. It was a Friday through Sunday, and we chose the city, New Orleans, who that nation. Well, with that, we knew we had to find some good restaurants, some shopping centers, and we had to have some fun games. So with that, I'm the type of guy, I love to be adventurous. I don't like anything the same. You know, just try something a little bit different. So we went to one of the restaurants. It's a Creole Cafe restaurant. And they have this item called carrot souffle. My, my, my. So good. I mean, my wife and I, we have taken many trips, just a day trip, to get the carrot souffle. It's just that good. Well, anyway, as a married couple on that Saturday night, it went over into that early Sunday morning because in my journal, we didn't go to bed until 2.26 a.m. We were little kids all over again. So we began to have dialogue with this one question. What is your biggest fear? And so we began to help each other, encourage each other, And we even went to the scripture and found 2 Timothy 1.7 where it talks about that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. 
So I began to ask myself the question, well, if God doesn't give us fear, why does fear come? How does fear come? Fear simply comes from Satan, the enemy himself. Because he wants to bring division. He wants to bring confusion to the very plan of God that is for my life and for your life. And so as I ask that question this morning, it's more of asking you, how do we move from fear to faith? Because at times in our lives, the enemy, he's going to come. Because he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to rob the very word of God that God has placed in our heart. And what I realized, there is a young man in the Bible. We're going to go to a Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. They have it on the screens here. I'm going to go to it in my Bible. You may have a Bible app. It's okay. Pull it up. If you get a text message, it's okay. Just invite them to church. So here we have Joshua, a young man. His leader, his mentor has passed, Moses. So now Joshua is faced with the situation. He has to continue to lead the people, the children of Israel, over into the promised land. Now, Joshua has seen the hand of God. He has seen miracles. He has seen the faithfulness and the goodness of God. But even in the middle of seeing all of that, God knows that the enemy is going to come with fear. So what does God give Moses? Instructions. Let's look at it starting in verse 5. Joshua chapter 1 verse 5. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Why be strong and courageous, Lord? So you will not be terrified. You will not be discouraged. For I, the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. See, what I love about this is when clarity walks in, confusion walks out. You think about it. Joshua has seen Moses fulfill the miracles and the promises of God. Now Moses isn't there. Many things are going on in his mind at the time. Probably doubt, probably unbelief. And you think about it. 
the Lord has to say three times, be strong and courageous. Any parents in the house? How many times have you had to tell your church, clean up that room, brush your teeth, put on deodorant. Be strong and very courageous. See, God knows that we all have an enemy. Fear. And Satan is going to try to do in and everything to stop us from fulfilling the plan of God. Even though we have heard the plan of God, even though we have seen the faithfulness of God time and time and time again. We must put ourselves in remembrance of what God has said. So God is doing this to Joshua himself right now because Joshua is in a place of like, Lord, I know that I have to continue to do what you told me to do. But how do I do it? Be strong and very courageous. So how do we overcome fear? We get God's perspective. Well, what is God's perspective? going to put it up put it up on the screens Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 pretty sure we have all heard this scripture before verse 2 then the Lord answered me and said record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run did you know you could run not a marathon, not a half marathon, but you could if you tried. But did you know that you could run every single day and not get tired and not sweat? That the one who reads it may run. Now, I've read this verse time and time and time and time again, but the word run stood out this time. Now, I'm not going to give you a running plan on how to do a 5K from a couch to a 5K, no. But let's look at this word, run. Two of the commentaries, they broke it down. Run. That none may need to make a stop, but hold on their course. Made so plain that one might read it while running, nor need to stop their pace or stand to read. The vision is written so plainly. You can understand it so clearly that when you read it, you can run with it. I say it this way. When vision meets action, life change can happen. When vision meets action, when vision meets running, you do know running is an action verb. There's movement. Life change can happen. Let's look at this word life change. What is life change? 
Life change, it gives us a divine moment when things shift and are transformed because the record of God's activity is revealed. Life change. God needs you and I to write the vision. Make it plain. So as we read it, we can run with it. I can remember hearing about the various mission trips that as a church that we would take. And I'm like, ooh, that sounds good. But automatically fear, whoop, crept up in my heart. Lord Jesus, go where? How long that flight is? What the food going to be like? If I ever go, I'm a fast on a mission trip. All I'm going to drink is water. I'm going to make sure I hydrate. Now, the vision is before me. But Satan is bringing in fear. He's bringing in thoughts, ideas, and suggestions to bring confusion to push me away from the very vision that God has for us. And so here I am, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Then Pastor Joel sends a text. Hey, what do you think about India? On the outside, I'm like, oh, that sounds good. On the inside, nah, bruh, not going no in. <laughs> Staying right here in Mississippi. Now, I am adventurous, but not that adventurous, Lord. So it's like, what do you think about going on a missions trip? So being the Christian I am on the outside, yes, sir, I, I pray about it. Inside, man, I ain't praying about nothing. <laughs> but in my heart, I knew, man, you need to go. There's something there. But fear kept talking. Instead of listening to the vision about mission trip, I'm listening to the vision of, no, nah, you don't want to go. You don't know. You may not ever make it back. And I'm running with that. Yeah, I'm staying here, but won't see me. But I pray for you. And so, lo and behold, I push fear away because now I have the vision in front of me. So we began to go. We began to to prep. Pastor Luke was uh, one of the ones that was on me uh, with me on this missions trip. And man, it was our first missions trip together. Boy, we have some stories. But I can remember it was this, this one moment that where I had to speak. And, and side note, Pastor Dean, he's one of our associate pastors. Um, he's no longer uh, on staff. He retired over a couple of years ago. But he would always come and he would make a statement. He was like, now, Robert, uh, whenever you go, you need to be ready because you never know when you're going to preach. 
Like, man, ain't nobody listen to that. We're going to go by schedules, itinerary, <laughs> organization. He would tell me, Robert, be ready. You never know. I can remember on my first missions trip. And back then, Pastor Ronnie was living, and Pastor Ronnie and Pastor Dean, they would go on a mission trip together, and Pastor Ronnie called Pastor Dean out on his first mission trip. Pastor Dean wasn't prepared. He didn't even know he was speaking, and he spoke. So Pastor Dean would always come and tell me this. And I'm like, no, nah, that won't happen on my first mission trip, brother. Don't speak that over my life in Jesus' name. It shall not happen. So go on this mission trip. So here we are, Pastor Kevin Cooley. He meets us there at the airport, and we get off the plane. And he asks all of us, he's like, hey, what are you speaking on? Okay, what are you speaking on? He asks Pastor Luke, what are you speaking on? He asks a couple more people, what are you speaking on? What are you speaking on? So he gets to me, what are you speaking on? Tell him, he's like, up, oh, you're up. You're the first one to preach. I'm like, the devil is a lie. No, sir. I don't speak until Tuesday night. So I thought he was joking because Pastor Kevin, he's known for, you know, jokes. So I'm just sitting there on the, on the van just riding. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm not going to fall for that, you know. This is my first missions trip. Oh, no. Y'all not going to be at the dinner table laughing on how you got me. Uh-uh. I'm not falling for it. Not falling for it. So we get there to the event. Praise and worship is going on. I'm sitting down. Worship ends. Pastor Kevin Cooley gets up. I mean, he's talking, y'all. And everyone's like, yes, amen. I'm like, see there? You weren't going to get me, brother. Not going to fall for that. Then he comes down. Coming all the way from Flowood, Mississippi. Let's give it up for Pastor Rock. What? No, he didn't. That was my inner voice. No, he didn't. And literally, I spoke. I was like, oh. And so fast forward, same missions trip. We get over to a place called Chennai. And I can remember speaking. That night, because I spoke two nights in a row, we had multiple times to speak. So there were two individuals in this back corner over here in the room. And so as I'm speaking, I'm like, man, what's what's going on? Are they okay? Is everything good? Is, I mean, they just had this look, just they look like, why are you looking at me like that? What's up? Was, you trying to get me? Like, I mean, just straight look. No hand raise, no smile, no nothing. I'm like, Lord Jesus, is everything okay? So at the end, we have prayer. So different people come down. And the two that were back there, they come down too. There was a man and a lady. So I pray for them. Go on to the next one. Pray, pray. Night ends, boom. The next night, I speak again. They're back over in the corner. I notice the young man. All I see is teeth. He's smiling so hard. And I'm sitting there like, man, is this a plot? Is this like, 
What's really going on? He was frowning last night. Now tonight, he's smiling real hard, brother. Just smiling. And this time, he's responding. I'm like, okay. So at the end, prayer team come down. I go down with them. We line up and we're praying. So, you know, I'm praying, but I'm watching. Like this brother smiling. What? Praying. So then we get up to the young man, and he's smiling hard. I'm talking about teeth, every one I'm showing. And I'm like, okay. So lo and behold, the interpreter asks, what would you like for Pastor Robert to pray for? In the language of the India people. And I'm like, okay. So as I turn, he grabs his finger. And he goes right here. It's not a soft touch. It's like a, I'm like, now, brother, I know we in church. I just spoke. But that's mighty hard right now. So the interpreter is interpreting what he's saying. So while he's hitting my chest, this is what he says. Now I know God is real. He sent a man all the way from America to help me. And I'm sitting here like, whoa. What I didn't know was the young lady that was sitting beside him was his very own daughter who had lost her best friend. And for three months, he had not been able to speak to his own daughter in the house. She was grieving just that hard of the loss of her friend. So here he is invited to a crusade to hear about God. But then this moment, he doesn't want to hear about God. He doesn't even want to hear God's voice. In that moment, he wants to hear his very own daughter's voice. And for three months, He's not able to hear her voice. And now he stands the night before sharing his testimony. Life change. He had a record of God's activity revealed in his life that brought about a shift, that brought about a transformation that in no other way could have happened unless the very one who was sent to help him got on an airplane to go. My question to you today is, what is God telling you to do? What is God asking you to do? Because someone somewhere needs to see your face needs to hear your voice. And God is saying, will you run with the vision that I have spoken to you? Will you stop reading the lies of the enemy? 
Will you stop listening to the lies of the enemy? I know who you are. I created you. It's your gift. It's your ability that will move my plan in the earth. But I need you to move from where you are to where the vision has called you. I need you to move from where you are to where the vision will bring about a transformation in the hearts of those that you are to reach. So I know fear will come. I know fear will try to grasp us. I know fear will try to make us to become stagnant and not move forward in the things of God. Notice I said fear will try. But I want to encourage us today to move forward with the vision that God has for us. So my question to you today is, will you make a decision to write it, to read it, to run with it? I believe all of us are in one of these three places right here. We know there is something in our heart that God has asked us to do that has laid on our heart to do. And it's simple. It's not hard. It's not complicated. You go in the word of God. He tells you about love. He tells you about forgiveness. He tells you about joy. He tells you about peace. Have you written any of those scriptures down? Have you read any of those scriptures? Maybe you have written it. Maybe you have been reading it every now and then, but you're not running with it. You're not living life as though this is what God has said. And what God is saying with his vision, he wants you to run with it so life change can happen. As I close, every week I have the opportunity to sit with young men. Now, when I say young men, I'm talking about between the ages of 9 and 12. And one day I'm sitting in this room, in the cafeteria room, and I allow these young men to, at any time, I call it the hot seat, hot seat. You can ask me any question, any time, and I'll give you an answer. And boy, do they ask some questions. My mercy. And you get to even understand language. Quit capping. Capping? What's capping? Capping? What you talking about? Capping? It's like, man, tell the truth. You're not telling the truth. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Oh, you talking about a hat? Take off a hat. I don't have on a hat, bro. I don't have on a cap. What you talking about, cap? But he asked this question that I'm pretty sure all of us have asked ourselves at one point of time. I was blown away by it. He said, at a very young age, 
He said, Mr. Barry. What's my purpose for living? I said, wait a minute. Can you rephrase that question for me? I, I think I understand what you're saying, but can you be a little bit more specific? He said, why was I born? Why am I created? What am I to do? Of course, we had conversation. We had dialogue. But I left from that place asking myself, what if I had told God no that day? That I wasn't going to go. Even though that is my normal routine to sit with these young men. Because see, that day, he's a young man that doesn't have a physical father in the house. But that day, he met his heavenly father, the one who would never leave him, the one who would never forsake him. The one who is still speaking blessings and promises over his life. While he may not have a physical father in the house, there's a young man that can get to him and reveal his heavenly father. When vision meets action, life change can happen. So I challenge you today and I challenge myself, even while preaching this message. Make a decision today. Write it. Read it. Run with it. Because God longs to show forth his praises and his goodness in the earth. But he can only do it when you and I Stand strong, stand tall, stand bold, and being strong and courageous. So will you be strong and very courageous? We need it. God needs it. So will you make a decision? Keep asking the question, will you make a decision to write it, to read it, to run with it? Let me pray for you. Let's bow our heads. God, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this time. To speak forth your word here today. Father, I pray that as you minister to the hearts of your people. For many, you have already shown them what to do. For some, they're just now hearing what to do. But Father, I pray that they will make a decision to write the vision, read the vision, and run with it. 
so that people can see that your promises are yes and amen. So that people can see your goodness, so that people can experience your faithfulness and your love and realize that they are not alone and that you are with them every step of the way. So, Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for believing in us. And thank you that you are our good shepherd. And that as we run with your vision, you're with us every step of the way. We love you. We appreciate you. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.